a wicker chair, a useful pole, making caches in the dunes. Nothing like it, nothing else in his life was like getting up early after a wind in the night and scouring along a mile or so for what the sea had left. Everything pleased him, even the plastic bottles and tubes, the women's things in different languages. You never know. He had found a bed once, without its bedding, of course, but a bed all the same, thick with barnacles and weed. He couldn't budge it. There it stayed for weeks. He felt sorry for it in the daylight and was glad when a gale took it away again. A bed on the sea, all rough and slippery and stinking. At the sea wall that would have taken him as far as the railway station, Jack turned back. Ev would be waking, and wanting her cup of tea. It was light. The first masters and mistresses were coming along the wall out of town, and along the beach out of the village with their dogs. Jack took up his best piece, a plank, and shouldered it. Later he would get Stan to come down with the car and fetch the rest. The wet plank under his steadying hand, its rasping sand, its smell of brine and tar, he nestled it into his neck. He would have liked to find some wood he could carve, but mostly it was cheap timber used for packing, or it had been in the water too long. Once he had found a log he thought he might do something with, four or five feet long, and about nine inches thick, very smooth, He carried it home. It was surprisingly light. The worms were in it. Shipworm. He split it, and all the naked creatures, as squelchy as oysters, were brought to light in their honeycomb. Soon the two lengths leaning against the wall began to stink, and Ev made him take them back to the beach. He went to the trouble of throwing them back into the water at high tide, But, by then, needless to say, the worms in their wooden cells were dead. Stan said he would get Jack a nice piece of wood to carve. His neighbour had cut down a cherry tree. It was blocking the light. He cut it down one Sunday while it was flowering. Stan said the neighbour's wife was heartbroken. She was a very handsome woman. He visited her sometimes with little presents from the garden. Her husband was away, driving around up-country on financial business. Stan and Jack met in the folly field and sat on a bench, watching the visitors. In summer, they liked to watch the girls going into the sea and coming out again. Stan had a word for the very short skirts they wore. He called them fanny pelmets. Jack said the word to himself as he walked home, and while he was doing woodwork in the shed. The next time he came into the folly field, Stan was already sitting there, with a fat log of cherry wood between his knees. Mrs. Wilberforce's compliments, he said. Most of the visitors had gone. There was nobody much to look at. Here, said Stan, take a look at this. And he slid a pair of nutcrackers from his inside pocket, a carved black woman, naked as a pair of nutcrackers. The nut goes in between her legs, and when you squeeze it, cracks. <laughs> Ethel won them at the chapel lady's whisk drive. Jack came in the back way, but Ev was at the kitchen window looking out. Jack had the log on his shoulder.
It was a weight. He smiled and pointed at it. Ev came into the garden, wiping her hands. That friend of yours, she said. He had it off a neighbour, Jack replied. They chopped it down. It was taking up too much light. Ev liked the look of the cherry wood. Make a nice something, she said. Take that filthy coat off before you come in. Jack laid the log on his workbench in the shed. Its bark was red and smooth. Such a beautiful length of tree. Jack stroked it, sniffed it, laid his cheek on it. Time you finished me that stool, said Ev when he came in. Nearly done, he said. One of the legs was wrong. Next day, Jack went out early, picking mushrooms. They grew in the field across the street. Must have been horses in their years.